0: Hi, everyone. Welcome to this week's episodes of Lodestar's Landing Leaders. This week, joining us from the matrix uh, is Wes Williams, um, (laughs) attorney at Relaw, APC advisor, um, all-around cryptocurrency subject matter expert. He's a member of the Government Blockchain Association, um, speaks about topics related to crypto, Bitcoin, blockchain, NFTs, all of the things we're going to get into today that everyone has probably heard thrown around or you have your neighbor telling you about how much money they made um, trading Dogecoin or something like that. So (laughs) there's a lot of things out there. So hopefully we can spend some time today kind of um, making it a little more approachable for everyone. And more importantly, talking about how it actually affects the real estate industry. And I know... um, Wes, um, in addition to being a subject matter expert, you're also a title agent, real estate attorney as well. So you're kind of coming from that frame of mind. Right. So anything I missed on that intro, how do you want to kind of start talking about, you know, what's the best way to approach this? I think maybe with blockchain as our our building block?
1: No, absolutely. Um, yeah. And, and the intro was perfect. Thank you. you. Yeah. I've pretty much done all that. <laughs> I still do. Yeah.
0: Yeah. I was gonna say you're my my favorite type of podcast guest is someone who at some time has hosted a podcast uh, like you did back in the day because um, they you know it's, it's easy enough to talk to so I'm excited for that.
1: Absolutely, yeah. We uh, uh, back in back when I first got into started got into it, I started learning about cryptocurrency in early 2017. And mm-hmm. um, I, when I noticed the price of Bitcoin going up, mm-hmm. um, it was around that same time where I started connecting with. Other like-minded individuals, particularly in in the legal space, Um, got together with some other attorneys started a a crypto legal podcast. They discuss all the uh, legal and regulatory issues that we started seeing come down um, as a result of this new technology. Mm
0: -hmm. And what do you say, you know, as we start to get into this, what are some of the big misconceptions you see from especially folks in the title industry, you know, maybe in their 40s, 50s, a little bit older generation?
1: Misconceptions uh, in in what respect? What do you mean?
0: Just what don't you understand? Maybe something like you know Bitcoin being the same as crypto, or um, you know assumptions yeah. about kind of the topic.
1: Okay, yeah. I mean, interestingly enough, when when I first uh, started speaking on this topic, I started speaking to to land title association, mm-hmm. still, uh, land title association. It was early in the early days of crypto. Still, I mean, in in early twenty seventeen. It was just starting to kind of become the topic of in, of interest at um uh, in in the title uh, arena. And when I first started getting into crypto, because I had a title background, um, I had a lot of people in the uh, blockchain space that would, you know, constantly tout that that cryptocurrency blockchain is going to replace the need mm-hmm. for title insurance. And yeah, um, I I thought that was a ridiculous um, you know, a ridiculous claim because I know how title insurance works. I, I know, uh, why it's necessary here in the U S so, uh-huh. you know, I mean, it would be different if, I mean, I can get into this, but it would be different if, if we had a, a like a state run title guarantee system, kind of similar to Iowa yeah. or something like a Torrens system, you know, blockchain would be perfect for that. Right. But, um, it's a little bit different. And uh, when you're dealing with a, You know, a a deeds-based system, and then you have title insurance involved as well.
0: Yeah. I had a a friend of mine um, send me an article about blockchain and its applications two weeks ago. And it basically said of like, title insurance is a sham and this is going to completely replace it. And he sent me the article (laughs) and he said, well, they're not wrong. And I had to help myself from only responding like three paragraphs to him, (laughs) um, but he's definitely going to be getting this link. Um, to, this, to this episode, so Mike, thank you for giving me a little bit of content there. Um, so you had mentioned blockchain. I think that's a good place to start. Um, so, what is blockchain?
1: Right, and 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 simply put, it's just basically a distributed database. Um, you know, most uh, most ledger systems are, are centralized, where you know you have a company that kind of maintains their own database, and mm-hmm. then they um, similar to how I mean, basically, if you read Satoshi's white paper, this was. Uh, it, he invented this system to um, get around the need for banks to centralize their database and they have to reconcile among other banks. In this way, it allows for the exchange of, uh, um, exchange of essentially digital ownership of, uh, of an asset using cryptographic key pairs um, and whereby you have a, a distributed database that comes to an agreement as to the state of the ledger rather than you have one, mm-hmm. you know, entity maintaining that ledger. So it's basically a, a way to kind of disintermediate that middleman, which mm-hmm. was th- essentially the banking system. But that, that's Bitcoin. But I mean, there are other, I mean, you have, I mean, when you're talking about blockchain, you have private blockchains that are mm-hmm. kind of maintained by a small group of, you know, individuals or entities, and, or you have a, um, a, a global network kind of like the Bitcoin blockchain.
0: Mm-hmm. So you introduced a few topics there, and we'll talk about, instead of getting into crypto, we'll talk about this from the perspective of property records, right? So instead of um, having property records sitting at a recorder of deeds office somewhere, um, it's decentralized, you said, right? So that means that their records are going to be scattered across, what, anyone who's a member of that blockchain? Yeah,
1: essentially. I mean, uh, and even now, I mean, um, back in the, back when Okay, so back a few years ago, I, around 2017-ish timeframe, 2018, um, the Cook County Recorder of Deeds did a pilot program using the Bitcoin blockchain to record, col- they, they called them colored coins. It was kind of a way to d- distinguish mm-hmm. um, the, uh, uh, the the value transfer, basically. Um, and and put it on a blockchain, which was the Bitcoin blockchain. So they were able to record and, and and record that interest on a blockchain, basically using a cryptographic hash that points back to an actual deed record. Mm-hmm. So they can go, okay, here now it's recorded onto a blockchain. We have that hash that points to this this record. It's an actual deed, and then we can kind of track it from there. Um, so so. Yeah, so people have been using blockchains, you know, these mm-hmm. these these global blockchains like the Bitcoin blockchain, Ethereum blockchain, to essentially record these interests. But the legal effect of them is mm-hmm. is questioned because currently, um, when you when you think of real property law, it's it's at the state level, and mm-hmm. and if unless the state has. Amended its legislation to allow constructive notice by way of a blockchain. Mm-hmm. Recording on a blockchain is really no is of no significance. You still have to record your interest right. in the county recorder office to avail yourself of the protections of the of the state when it comes to real property law. Mm-hmm. So you have that's a nece- that's a necessity. That's actual legislation, and we don't have that for blockchain yet.
0: And part of. You know, the way you describe it, being decentralized, being having a ledger in that showing how it's connected, what the history of a given bit is. Um, What is the appeal? Like, what's the appeal of storing a deed, a contract, a a Bitcoin, whatever it may be, in this way, opposed to um, just having it all sit in a bank or a recorder of deeds office?
1: Right. So, right. So, as you know, there, there are issues when, you know, when, when we record things at the county recorder's office because anybody can go in and take a deed. It could be a forged document, and we have this all yeah. the time, and then they'll record that document, the county recorder. The, rec- the recorder doesn't have any responsibility or liability to assess whether or not the deed is valid. Mm-hmm. That's what title companies do, right? They right. review the documents, they determine the validity, and then they issue an insurance policy that says, "Hey, we believe this transfer was valid." Or if they don't believe it's valid, they said, "Hey, provide us proof that it was a is a legitimate deed, and we'll give mm-hmm. you an affidavit." And you have to, con-. but so so as far as the blockchain goes, um, there, there are issues because it's it's the blockchain theoretically is an immutable ledger, which whereby when you right. when something gets transferred on a blockchain it's it's changed. done exactly mm-hmm. it's not instantaneous it can't be it can't be rolled back you can't change right. it but you i mean things can you can do you can undertake curative measures at the county recorder office with you know by way of either you know uh you know a uh, court action where the court mm-hmm. the court issues a judgment and says okay we believe title is as 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 this as it is i mean if the parties i mean if somebody's um you know, uh, if somebody's going to go ahead and, and file an action to confirm title, then that's what typically happens. You, you, because our property law system is so robust in each of these states, mm-hmm. we have the court to protect us from a lot of these these issues when it comes to frauds and forgeries and things like mm-hmm. that. Where when you're dealing with a a decentralized blockchain like you know Bitcoin or Ethereum, and you're wanting to use a blockchain for this purpose, you're basically want, what you're what the intention is in this decentralized networks is trying to kind of avail yourself of the, of the current legal system and make code law, Mm -hmm. right? So you, and they're still trying to deal with this. I mean, because a lot of times in these networks, you're dealing with anonymous individuals, I mean, or pseudo anonymous, because you're only looking at their public key address, which is a string of letters and numbers. You're that's
0: part of the appeal, right? Information's anonymous. You're able to, you know, information that could be very sensitive isn't there which is also why bitcoin and cryptocurrencies are dangerous in many ways because they can be used for illicit purposes because they can't be tracked right so now you're you're trying to do something that by nature is not anonymous who owns a given property
1: yeah, but, but 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 even even with that statement you just said it it wouldn't be wise to do that like to mm-hmm. to it wouldn't be wise to say for example if you're going to engage in money laundering or things mm-hmm. of that nature because you can always trace you can you can still go ahead and and you can see the public because you can review these on what's called a um, uh, a uh, a block explorer. So you go to a block explorer, you can track all the transactions back to the you know theoretically the the what the what they call the genesis block in in Bitcoin. Mm-hmm. You can trace all those transactions back to the genesis block, yeah. and you can see where that you know who touched it you don't know, you can't see their personal information, but if you can trace it back to an IP address, you can more than likely find out who those individuals are. Mm-hmm. So in my opinion, if you're laundering money through the, you know, through the blockchain, you know, is, is a very um, uh, tricky situation. You mm-hmm. might, it might not be as easy as you think, and it might not be anonymous as you think. So that, mm-hmm. that's, that's the issue there. But when you're dealing with anonymous parties, you I mean in real estate you're going to have to know who the parties are. Right. to a large extent. And and title companies if you're dealing with a title company or an escrow, they're going to ask for that information. Mm-hmm. And if you're dealing with a banking institution, they're going to want to do uh, you know a, right. a KYC check, anti-money laundering checks, OFAC checks, everything. Yeah. So it's it's that this is where it gets kind of tricky mm-hmm. with with implementing blockchain in real estate. Although I I like uh, listen I I'm, I'm a huge advocate of this technology because I think mm-hmm. Um, and this is another term that they might understand, smart contracts. Right. Um, uh, Ethereum is, is, is a global um, a, a network kind of similar to blockchain, excuse me, it's like kind of similar to Bitcoin blockchain, right. but it, it allows for what's called smart contracts, these automatic contracts. So I look at smart contracts kind of like an escrow, right? Mm-hmm. They're, they're, there's an, conditions to an escrow. And once those conditions are met, the escrow officer takes, you know, uh, you know, money changes hands, money changes hands, the deeds change hands, things like that. Mm -hmm. Smart contracts work the same way, but without a human element, everything's done in code. It, it automatically. So once, Mm -hmm. once, you know, once that condition is met, it triggers a, you know, counter-performance automatically. And so that's why I think smart contracts will be very innovative, um, moving forward as far as real estate goes, um, when it comes to, um, uh, transactions so it's sounding
0: like the escrow escrow process is one that might be a little more ripe for an application of blockchain than necessarily a, a chain of title
1: exactly exactly mm-hmm. But yeah. other countries are using uh, other countries mm-hmm. that don't have a robust land register system like we have here in the US yeah. are using blockchain as I mean, they're kind of leapfrogging over what we have done and yeah. saying, "Okay, well, we'll just implement it because it's just a, a better technology." We think, and you know, that is immutable, and we can we can now, you know, track ownership, uh, property rights through this immutable ledger, and that's what they're doing. A lot of these countries are doing that now.
0: And you, the word immutable and unable to be changed has come up a lot, and that's always right. one of the ideal attributes of blockchain that make people think about property records right so yeah exactly buy a house get a property record on it um it's on the blockchain nothing changes for 12 years until i go and sell it right yeah but isn't that not really how everything works what happens if someone gets something fraudulent on the blockchain which can still happen or if something just changes to my house over that time
1: no i agree with you so it's it's for me it's that old uh, adage garbage in garbage out if you're putting mm-hmm. bad information on a blockchain it's going to get stored permanently on a blockchain yeah. so this is where it gets kind of tricky um mm-hmm. when, when you're dealing with 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 real estate and blockchain applications in my opinion yeah you know somebody might have a different opinion but hopefully and i and i'm i'm, I'm an advocate of you know human ingenuity and um uh, you know just just the uh imagination of what humans have been able to come up with and figure out. So once we've, and we're problem solvers, right? I mean, in yeah. general, if we see a problem, we're going to solve it. And I think eventually these, these nuanced issues will be solved and we'll come up. I mean, hopefully we come up with a system that's maybe different than our current traditional title mm-hmm. system. Who knows? You know, I'm, I'm, I'm optimistic.
0: Mm-hmm. And we talked a lot about blockchain, which is the underlying technology and cryptocurrency in the same way that you can build a property record or some sort of system on top of that, you build a currency system where everyone has bits of that currency. It's not sitting in a bank and they can exchange it for stuff.
1: Right. 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 Exactly. Um,
0: and I think that's an area that is probably more widely publicized right now um, in terms of um, all of the different types of coins out there, all of the currencies. That's when you hear Eurythrium, uh Bitcoin, um, Dogecoin and I don't know, your mom's coin or whatever the heck's (laughs) out there, right? There's thousands of them. Um, One thing that I think is causing an intersection of also the mortgage industry with this is now people are trading these or putting money in these. So these are legitimate assets that people have. There's an article I saw that someone um, had $100,000 from crypto trading, right? That's an asset now that he can borrow money against. So now- even if you're not, you know, doing a mortgage in Bitcoin or anything like that, you have to start dealing with this in a way. So I think it's getting closer and closer and closer to the industry. Um, are there other ways you see are kind of beginning to see them intersect?
1: Yeah, no, a- absolutely. So um, when you're talking about cryptocurrencies, uh, there are many of them, um, and, and this is where I think the, the a lot of these issues are, are these underlying regulatory. And legal issues come up because uh, here's the thing. I think at the outset, when like when I started, you know, my journey into this into this technology um, mm-hmm. and in this, this this whole area in general, it was in early 2017, and this is when the um, what's called the ICO boom happened. It was called an initial coin offering, which is kind of a a term that they that the, that the industry adopted, kind of a take on the IPO, and yeah, so they used yeah. them use them a lot for capital raising. Um, to kickstart their their ventures, and and the goal, the ultimate goal, in some of these, I mean, some of them were scams. A lot of them were scams, but some of them were legitimate. You know, companies wanting to build something, you know, that that was um, unique and um, you know, potentially disruptive. And, but what happened was that they, a lot of what they were issuing, were uh, what looked a lot like securities or, or investment contracts, and the SEC got involved and said, mm-hmm. "Hey." This is, you know, what you, what you just issued are securities. You haven't registered these with, with us and mm-hmm. you're, you're, you're selling them to the general public and you're doing it in a way that, that violates securities laws. Mm-hmm. And so a lot of these companies got, you know, nailed with enforcement actions and they were a cease and desist order. So, um, that, that's, and so, so this is where it, it, it's, it's big now regarding the classification of these tokens. Mm-hmm. And Ethereum and Bitcoin essentially got a pass from the SEC. Because a few years ago, they had uh, uh, Commissioner Hemen came out and said these these blockchains were sufficiently decentralized that essentially they they were outside of the purview of the SEC's regulatory you know authority. You know they're more uh, akin to we see them as commodities uh, or property, and therefore you know they would probably fall under the CFTC's guy uh, you know purview regulatory purview. So. From, from the regulatory and legal perspective, that's still an issue. I mean, even, mm-hmm. even today we went with stable coins, right? And these stable coins mm-hmm. you know, arguably would fall outside the Howey test. And that's, I'm not going to get into what the Howey test was. It was an old case law that kind of mm-hmm. laid out the elements of what's considered an investment contract. Yeah. And if you hit all those elements, You're dealing with an investment contract, therefore it's a security, Mm -hmm. therefore it's subject to SEC regulation. So, but basically, what stablecoins are? They're they're trying to be similar to what the U.S. dollar is in that um, it's using the blockchain plumbing system, and it is allowing for these instantaneous settlements. Um, and immutable settlements on a blockchain, mm-hmm. but they're redeemable one to one for the dollar, but they're privately issued. And so what's what's happened? Like a what's digital happen- dollar. Yep. What's happened with those things are is that there's questions as to you know whether or not these private entities should be regulated kind of similar to banks right i mean they're custodying a lot of dollars and then they're as far as reporting requirements go i mean tether is you know one of the ones that has been nailed by by you know the new york, new york attorney general mm-hmm. as well i mean as well as um you know i think a number of other regulators have, have come after them i mean you know they're they're not essential i mean you can argue that you know they're not they're not backed one to one with a dollar because they even say that they you know what's on their essentially what they've got backing it are um, uh, a debt in some in some instances mm-hmm. so you know there's and but there's a few of them that try to you know try to uh, have yeah. complied with U.S. regulations like USDC um, mm-hmm. uh, and then uh, a few other with Paxos I believe too. Mm-hmm.
0: There seems to be a murky area where you know there's these. Um, cryptocurrencies can be used as a way of transmitting dollars pretty efficiently, right? Correct. Or now they're becoming securities and investments in their own right, and those are two very, very different things.
1: Correct. Correct. So I think that's I think that's where the real estate industry, at least at least the title insurance industry, mm-hmm. has been having problems with it because if, if you've seen in the, if, if you've seen a lot of the, the the press out lately, people either are wanting to purchase real estate with cryptocurrency or have done it. But they've, but but the, it's a. These articles have been a little misleading in that they they really haven't purchased. They just convert uh, to dollars. They convert to U.S. dollars and they settle it out the traditional way. Mm-hmm. And and there, there are there are intermediary partners that that will yeah. allow for this exchange to happen, and they're out there. And you know,
0: one of the problems is just the volatility of those
1: cryptocurrencies. Too, correct. Of doing correct. that. Correct. Which is why I think stable coins will play a huge part. Mm-hmm. Once we get the regulatory certainty and clarity out of the way, mm-hmm. the issues out of the way, I think stable coins and even potentially, you know, central bank digital currencies as well, mm-hmm. will play a large role in in the future when it comes to real estate settlements, because mm-hmm. we won't be utilizing the SWIFT system and, 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 and um, uh, mm-hmm. wire transfers. Because, and SWIFT uh, is
0: a current banking system. And one yep. thing that comes under play a lot is it's a way of banks exchanging money and it's... Sloan. Correct.
1: Correct. Yeah, yeah. And, and, and you know we've de- you know even our in our industry we have a lot of wire fraud issues. I think mm-hmm. blockchain and and the way you can trace the funds, um, you know via a block explorer will will we'll settle and handle a lot of these issues when it comes to mm-hmm. wire fraud. If you would
0: mention, so you actually started answering the question I was about to ask of applications that you do see in the industry for blockchain that seem to make sense, and I think the you know wire fraud and um, confirming information like that and securing the transaction seems to be one of them. Yeah,
1: yeah, and even real estate investments. I mean, tokenization has been a big, uh, a big use case application when it comes to uh, real estate, blockchain, crypto, in, in in the real estate space. What what people have, what people and companies have been doing is, you know, deeding their property into. Um, a special purpose vehicle like an LLC mm-hmm. or a land trust or a, you know a limited partnership type entity, and then what they've done is they've fractionalized you know created a token where they right. can sell fractional ownership mm-hmm. interests in these real estates. Then again, it, it it becomes is it a security? More than likely, it's like a if they register week, with the SEC, no way, yeah, exactly. And <laughs> private REITs are doing that too. i mean, you know you're going right. to see a lot more private REITs doing the same thing, and you're going to see a lot of um uh. uh Private, a lot of exchanges that are going to be selling yeah. these token tokenized tokenized assets on them so as well. So now
0: you can buy a hundredth of a rental of a rental complex or something. Correct. Like that. And if Correct. you're going to build a rental complex, you can get a bunch of smaller investors in, opposed to trying to find one one or two big investors. No,
1: exactly. So, no, exactly. And
0: quite frankly, that doesn't sound like a bad thing to me. Um, until people start to lose money, or people get scammed, or just like anything else, like I'm sure, there seems to be just a heavy amount of pros and cons. To that, all see,
1: and that's the fine line that we're dealing yeah. with here. I mean, because a lot of, I mean, what yeah. what's innovative too is DeFi, decentralized finance, mm-hmm. where where it's it's more difficult to regulate because you're dealing with, you know, uh, global networks. You know multiple parties that kind of maintain that network and who there's no really central point of attack there's no centralized entity that you can kind of point to um, that you can you know bring an enforcement action against so that's that's more difficult so you know I I know I, I it's got yeah. it regulators like the sec the cftc mm-hmm. and a few others have been i'm sure they're pulling their heart how are we going to regulate this yeah is there some cons- consorted effort we need to do do we need to you know it does do we need legislative change and i i think we do i mean to, to a large mm-hmm. extent and I've, I've seen regulators out there trying to kind of you know f- or, uh, excuse me um our, our our elected officials trying to kind of figure out from the, at the federal and state level, how do we rein this in? How do we regulate it? How do we protect consumers? What do we do? How do we do this? Mm-hmm. And so they're they're trying to figure it out, and so. But I think they're doing it in a way where they're going at least the SEC is you know bringing enforcement actions and not really bringing clarity and working with these participants is that mm-hmm. how can we do this in a way that is regulated that does protect consumers where we mm-hmm. can actually run a functioning business and we're not pushing um, you know this innovative technology off into other jurisdictions um, that are more favorable to crypto and blockchain. Right.
0: Do you think there will be a tipping point from a legislative perspective of you know, someone suing over a valid sale of a home on crypto. Where, you know, what will that tipping point be? Where there's a lawsuit and it swings one way or the other, that is going to kind of push that adoption.
1: Yeah, you're you're seeing a lot of um, it, you're seeing a lot of, of lawsuits now that have been filed that have tr- that are trying to clarify some of these issues. Mm. Um, but in the realist, from a real estate perspective once you start seeing uh, more mass adoption and tokenization of these assets, you're going to start seeing lawsuits. It's inevitable. And ultimately the courts in these, you know, state jurisdictions are going to have to, you know, come to a decision that that ultimately will become precedent. And it's yeah. kind of like a wait and see. I mean, I don't know how they're going to treat a lot of this stuff, but um, you know, from a state law perspective, but it's, it's going to be interesting to find out because it's going to happen. And so you're going to be dealing with a, I don't know. I mean, you're going to be dealing with a lot of issues that are going to be very nuanced and it's very specialized. Right. So and most judges
0: the, aren't going to have, you know, those, Oh, you're going. You know, oh, you're going to gonna be a lot of thing.
1: expert witnesses. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that you're going to need to kind of, kind of uh, extract a lot of these new ones. That sounds like issues. you have
0: your next gig ready to go. Then,
1: <laughs> well, the funny thing is, I'm. Listen, there are a lot of brilliant attorneys now, mm-hmm. particularly ones that have been practicing in in the securities law space for mm-hmm. a while, in the banking space for a while now. That have you know kind of developed a reputation as being the go to individuals, you know yeah. to to kind of deal with these issues. i I don't know many that are kind of that, that have the real estate background that I do or the title insurance background, but I see applications you know in that in, in those spaces. so ultimately there there will be um, legal issues that do come up and you know if hopefully these individuals come to me if they yeah. they have issues.
0: I mean, it sounds like it's, it's such a fast moving area. You talk about, you know, the early days, only four or five years ago in, in 2017. Um, so it's it's going to be interesting. If um, Last question I have for you. If someone wants to educate themselves on the on this, learn more about it, um, what would you recommend in terms of some resources for that? Other yeah. Listening to our podcast.
1: Yeah. So when I first got into when I first got into this space in early 2017, there were no resources, really. I mean, very little. Yeah. They had some podcasts um uh on uh, on youtube uh youtube has been kind of funny about you know uh crypto content but i mean you you still find a lot on on youtube if you want to just if, if if you're a video watcher and you like consuming information mm. you know in that way um thank goodness now there's a lot of um uh, resources online you can you can um uh you read about on um, you know there are industry newsletters you know uh, you know coin telegraph and and, and a few mm-hmm. other ones out there, um, but I mean, th- the information's out there. What's cool about too, like if you want to, if, if you're a newbie, if, if you want to download like a Coinbase wallet, I mean Coinbase is a centralized exchange. You'll learn yeah. about centralization, centralized versus decentralized uh, decentralized wallets and, and whatnot. But mm-hmm. um, Coinbase is is good because you download their wallet and they have like, they have a section for news articles that are that's yeah. all related to they're crypto. A yeah. They're a
0: publicly traded company. They're a publicly traded company now, right. yeah.
1: So yes. it's uh yes I mean and that, that that see and then it all comes down to trust really. I mean some people don't trust private companies, they don't trust the government. They have you know what they'll do is they'll they'll more along the lines of holding their crypto in like a cold storage wallet. Mm-hmm. They don't you know they 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 use a they don't use a centralized uh, wallet exchange. They'll use like right. maybe a Uniswap which is a decentralized exchange. You'll learn about all these things too. I mean yeah it's it's a very interesting um area and it's, it's 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 you have to keep up with it or you yeah. will be left behind really it's uh but know, ultimately, there were
0: about three other questions. We're not even going to have the time to get to in terms of the types of applications. Oh my, it's, it's insane. There's it's, so it's much everywhere. Yeah. Oh,
1: there's, there's so much to this, mm-hmm. but, but I do see, but here's the thing. I do see the title insurance industry adopting this at some point, at least yeah. when it comes to the settlements, if, if people want to, I I mean, to be honest with you, I'm, I'm uh full disclosure. I'm working with uh, there, there's a company that I'm working with that, that is building out um, custodial wallets, for the, for the title insurance industry, specific for the title insurance industry, um, that makes it look similar to a, to a trust account. But, mm-hmm. but basically, you'll be accepting uh, a stable... Uh, the, the title company will accept a stable coin, they will settle out in a stable coin, and they'll distribute it to the, the, the counterparties to the transaction. Mm-hmm. So I mean, imagine if you were like... I mean, at this point, obviously, uh, you know, I don't know if lenders right now will accept it, or even, ta- you know, right. taxing authorities will accept uh, crypto, and they will download a wallet, but yeah. you may see, um, at, you know, at the early stages, real estate agents and brokers accepting their commission in a stable coin. Well, I was
0: about coin. to say, or earnest money at the beginning of the process.
1: Absolutely. Yeah. And then the title company will be settling out in, in, in a stable coin. And then all the benefits of, of yeah. settling in a stable coin, you, have the, you don't have to worry about wire transfer cutoff times. You can really settle at any time. And then- it, right. it, it, you can you see don't it on have the Worry
0: line. about someone sending an email. Hey, change the wiring instructions.
1: No, you don't. Yeah. You don't. Yeah. Because they've downloaded a yeah. custodian. Yeah. So they're all d de- and then the way we're set the way it's being set up is we're dealing with crypto mm-hmm. banks and the and the crypto banks will essentially be the custodians. Yeah. Because they have the they have the license to do that. Right. Basically they're the charter to do that.
0: Mm-hmm. So then As that changes then in 10, 20 years, what does a title agent's job look like? How is it different than it is today? Are there parts of their job they're not doing anymore? Maybe
1: confirmation of some of that information? You know what? It's difficult to say because at this point, I mean, not, I mean, it's not just blockchain. When you think about it, I mean, you have companies like Doma out there that are that are building AI software that are kind mm. of streamlining the the search and exam process. Yeah. So, search exam process maybe may change with with you know as this technology becomes more robust. Um, do I see a complete displacement of humans? Maybe not until further down, until AI is more right. It's more smarter, right? I mean, but and that's in a whole nother. Rabbit hole you can go down is how AI is going to change the industry. But but between blockchain and AI, I think at some point the industry will change. To what extent it's going to be a complete change, I don't know, because you still have a lot of states out there that are still attorney-driven. They have their own and, and nuanced closing issues.
0: They have township-specific um. <laughs> offices in some 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 states never mind in the 21st century or in being stuck in the 20th century they're in the 19th century so i think we we do have a ways to go but sometime between you know now and the robots taking over you know we're gonna have to take pick your brain again about all these things going on so i really do appreciate your time and coming on today is there there anything else you want to plug or address before we wrap up
1: uh, no, I'm I'm good. Thank you. I really appreciate you having me on. I love talking about this stuff. I can yeah, I can, really I, can I can continue topic. to go on and on about this <laughs> I
0: really No, this great. I mean, you know, you take something like property record law and uh, securitization, you make it, you know, interesting, I think. So, uh, I really appreciate it. Awesome. Thank path, you Thanks, Wes. Thanks to everyone. It. Have a good take care. bye Thank you for listening to Loadstar's Landing Leaders. I'd like to give a special thanks to Brian Rieger and Elena Gardner who help us create this podcast every week please remember to like and subscribe the podcast wherever you listen to it. It helps us a lot. Thanks. Talk to you next week.